0: Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. Today, we have a great episode for you, and we are two weeks away from the global release of Marvel Snap worldwide. So, over the next couple of weeks, we hope to have several great episodes for you, kind of leading up with thoughts and ideas and opinions etc all leading up to the global launch as well some episodes right around launch for new listeners new players of the game etc helping people to become acquainted with the history of the game thus far and where the game is going etc so listeners just want to say thank you for sticking with us as always we hope you enjoy the episode if you want to share your thoughts on the episode or the discussion Uh, in the episode, make sure to follow us on Twitter at can't underscore stop underscore snap. Let us know your thoughts there. Without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. Today, as promised in the last episode, we are going to have a conversation about the development roadmap for Marvel Snap. This was recently. Uh, released by the Second Dinner team. And they've kind of given us our first sneak peek at what roadmaps may look like in the future uh, and kind of how they're going to organize those, et cetera. So I am, as always, I'm joined by a great guest host. Today, I'm joined by Coco4. Coco, thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. Much appreciate it.
0: Yeah, glad to have you on. Glad we were able to, to coordinate a time to get together. Uh, first things first, uh, this is your first time on, on the show. So I just want to give you a chance yes. just to... Help the audience get to know you. Just give us a quick overview of, you know, how did you get to know Marvel Snap? What's your background with card games? And you know, what led you to make content around Marvel Snap?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So uh well, yeah, in Focal Four. I actually started playing card games competitively and I was about 19 years old. I started with Yu-Gi-Oh! actually. Uh-huh. Um, so I played Yu-Gi-Oh! probably for good like eight years almost. I had a like a small sponsorship with Local Store. I got a Nothing too crazy. A couple, a couple of regional wins and a few like circuit series tops and wins and whatnot. Nothing, nothing too too crazy. Um, and after that, like everybody else for the most part, I went to Hearthstone. Yep. And um, yeah, I played Hearthstone for a long, long time as well. Probably since GVGs when I started playing Hearthstone. Um, didn't take it too seriously for a while, and then like last year or so, um, so I wasn't doing too much of the competitive grind. But I had a a decent amount of like legend, finish, like higher legend finishes, like top 500, nothing too too crazy. And then uh, I, that's actually how I found out about Snap. Um, it was when they did like the first round of beta, and they had all like the big Hearthstone streamers were playing it. Yeah. So I submitted my name into it, and uh, yeah, that's how I pretty much got onto Snap, and I kind of fell in love with it ever since. Kind of ticks all the boxes for what I look for out of a card game. As far as content creation, I actually. Planned on starting doing Hearthstone content creation about a year and a half ago. Never got around to it. And then when this came out, uh, I just figured, I'm like, well, I had all this stuff sitting here. Might as well give it a try. Awesome. And now I'm here.
0: I don't want to digress too much, but you said something interesting that made me think. So maybe we'll just spend one minute on this thought. But yep. um, I, I remember back to that same time, right? So when the game was kind of announced and when it first went to beta for like a couple of days, they, they were just giving it to like well-known Hearthstone streamers and other card game streamers, <clears throat> right? Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, I mean, obviously, I don't know. I mean, those people could still be playing, but most of the ones that I started following, not all, but most of the ones I started kind of following and I saw what they were doing, uh, none of them are really streaming Marvel Snap anymore. I don't know if you've noticed the same trend. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Not to say that they won't when it's in global release and more people are into it, right? If like all of their viewers are all of a sudden playing it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess I'm just interested to see How that changed? Because really, the people that have become kind of the the biggest names or kind of the most known people in the community for whether that's Twitch or YouTube, etc., with Marvel Snap have been all people that are are new to content creation or you know did a little bit of something else, whether that was Gwent or Hearthstone or Legends or rutera but then they've kind of gone fully to Marvel Snap. So. I don't know yeah I, there's only
1: there's only one content creator I can think of uh like Jeff Hoogland's the only one that comes yep. to, to mind who's like been around for a while and still does, like still does snap pretty consistently everybody else is pretty much homegrown on snap
0: yeah I think the interesting thing about jeff again we won't digress too much longer but I think the interesting yeah. thing about jeff is that he obviously has made himself known for playing multiple games right um he plays yes. magic he plays Pokemon unite right he plays multiple games and not everybody can kind of make it in that way. Like some people don't do well with multiple genres. Um, but yeah. he's No, he
1: just, he's smart. He plays the games that allow for that, like, uh, like abstract creativity. Like, yep. you know what I'm talking about? Yep. And know, even when he, I know when he pleased to play paper magic and go to tournaments, he was always known for playing something closer to meta, but there's always some kind of spice in there with his decks. Yep. And yeah. like snap kind of fits that whole MO. Yeah, so I think maybe a lot of these creators,
0: it's just Hearthstone's been their thing for so long that it feels Mm -hmm. like that's what's built up their user base. So if they do something else, whenever you shift to something else or try to split and do two things, you lose some of your viewers when you're doing that other thing, right? Until it builds up. So anyway, just an interesting (laughs) subtopic. You you said those words and this is what popped in my head. So I'm interested- Oh no, I said the same thing. Yeah, I'm interested to see just if more people who are Hearthstone streamers start streaming Marvel Snap. Um, once it's in global release. So time will tell. Hope so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> with all that being said, let's dive into the the topic of today's episode, which is the development roadmap. So I just wanted to read through quickly here. Uh, they kind of gave us an image, uh, the Marvel Snap development roadmap, and then they gave us three sections. And we'll kind of talk about those three sections of what they mean as we go along. So they gave us a coming soon and in development and in concept. So I'll just kind of mm. give, give the lists here and then we will start to go through these kind of section by section. So incoming soon, we have global mobile launch, obviously October 18th, PC, yeah. PC early access, localization, uh, 13 languages, welcome bundle, reward delivery, sorry, reward delivery inbox system and variant rarity system. Then in the in development column, we have unranked mode, battle mode versus friends, collector tokens. PC widescreen UI and titles. And in the last column in concept, we have new competitive modes, guilds and social systems, in-game events, infinity rank leaderboard, collectible emotes and card emojis, and mythic variants. Okay. There's a lot there. So uh, obviously we're gonna have to talk in depth about some of these things, but, um, maybe let's first just talk about kind of what these columns mean. And, and, um, you know, I'm sure you and me have both kind of seen roadmaps for other games, right? Um, oh, yeah. And, and seen some different structures. So basically, coming soon means uh, they said uh, these are in the final phase of development, and these features are almost ready to release to players. So this is kind of like our, hey, expect these in the next couple patches is the way I'm reading it. I don't know if you're reading it differently, but I would. I, would I expect... kind of read
1: it. I thought I thought launch.
0: Yes. No, no, That's no. no,
1: no. expect coming soon
0: uh, i agree i agree with you in this case like most of these i think are coming at global launch and i think hmm. they say that specifically let's see one two, three, four, five, six. one, two, three, four, five, six. yeah they have the same amount of items i'm just saying in general i think what would be in this column if they show us a roadmap three months from now uh coming soon would oh, normally okay. be the next one to two patches right um yep. like that's on deck right um yep you're
1: poly- just stuff being polished up
0: exactly in development they say is basically game features in this section are actively being developed iterated and improved upon uh so like those things are in development but they're not maybe maybe they're like 75 percent done or less right everything kind of else in that category they've started on but it's not quite ready to show or talk about it's kind of the in yep. development column and then the last one is the in concept this is kind of their hey, we want to tell you it's an idea, but there's really no timeline yet. Uh, we haven't really started full development on these features and it may never come to fruition. It may be completely different than we imagine it when we start, et cetera. So, I guess just generally, what are your thoughts on this layout? Because I've seen other layouts that are more like, okay, this is going to be quarter one of this year. This is going to be quarter two, quarter three, right? Kind of more of a timeline on certain things. Yes. And this is more of kind of a, conceptual phase of like how close they are to being released or being completed, but it doesn't really give us really any timeline other than obviously what's coming at launch. What's your thought on this structure?
1: I like it mainly because this is their first game and they are a smaller studio and to give concrete deadlines with not the largest team uh, could lead to a subpar product just to meet a deadline. Mm-hmm. If they give, give it to us more like this, more of a vague sense, we have an idea of what's coming, but you're going to get a lot less community pushback on the actual like date that it drops.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, that's kind of what they've done up until this point, right? It's like, everybody's like yeah. when's global release? When's it coming to open beta? When's it this? And they're saying it's soon or it's a little yeah. ways away. You know, uh, they
1: don't.
0: I... Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was say, I specifically like the in constant column, if, I, if I'm going to be honest i like that uh it's it's not promoted as a guarantee they didn't say like we're going to have competitive modes they're letting you know hey this is what we're thinking about as Mm -hmm. they're not not setting the bar too high for themselves like they're being it it seems reasonable i don't know i like it
0: yeah and i think it you know um some companies maybe wouldn't show what would be the equivalent equivalent of wow the equivalent of what's in concept here because they may say oh well We don't want anybody to know what's coming six plus months from now, right? Because they don't have it fleshed out. I could see other companies doing that. But I guess what I do like uh, to add to what you said is that within concept, kind of the longer term stuff, it lets us know what we can get feedback on or ideas on, right? Um, We're like, hey, they already are talking about guilds and social systems. So if you have ideas for guilds and social systems, or if lots of people do, like you can share that now and that could potentially help influence that feature, right?
1: I also think it's like really smart from like a marketing standpoint because that's a good way to generate buzz and just conversation uh, in, yeah. in a community, right? Because everybody looks, ooh, you, you can go on any forum for this game right now and you'll probably find a million different ideas for competitive modes at the moment or how the leaderboard's going to look or, ooh, uh, our mythic variants can be this, that, or the other. So that's another way for them to, A, market it and gather information.
0: Yep. Yep. Okay, well, let's, let's dive into these different columns now. Um, mm-hmm. So Global Mobile Launch... Pretty straightforward. That's the first thing coming soon. Yeah. (laughs) Comes out. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we already know that. Uh, PC early access. Maybe we can talk about that for a second. Uh, My understanding is, so that's coming through Steam. Uh, It makes it, I guess what I'm taking away from in development column, they have the PC widescreen UI, is that this original PC early access build is going to be probably similar to what the mobile build is right now. It is not going to be yeah. kind of their long-term PC widescreen uh, user interface.
1: That's pretty much. What I got. I'm just from. I'm pretty sure it's going to be full screen still, right? I think it'll from be full screen, full screen. But it's probably just, just, just not like mobile.
0: It's probably just not fully optimized. Like, hey, we're going to build this with PC screens in mind. It's kind of like. What, what's the minimum they can do to like make it accessible for PC at launch, right? Yeah, so it's like
1: essentially, it's like it'll probably be like playing on BlueStacks at just full screen.
0: Yeah, and it'll be running natively. So probably a little bit better performance for some people, right?
1: Certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Or just people that like yeah. can't run BlueStacks, but like they could run a native mm-hmm. Steam app. So yeah, so I think that's exciting. I think that will obviously, even though it's maybe not their full long-term plan where they'd like the PC client to be, like it's going to bring people yep. in at launch, which is great. Um, oh, for sure. Localization, 13 languages, again, not a ton to say there other than love to see it. I think that's adding to the accessibility of the game, and it's just going to help them to have a successful launch, right? They're going to be able to bring in lots of people of other uh, languages at the start instead of later on.
1: And the more countries, the more support for the developers, so we get more content. <laughs>
0: yep, exactly. Right. So you and me were kind of talking here, uh, but like the, the welcome bundle... I don't think it really tells us anything about the welcome bundle. Right. Other than there's a welcome bundle. Right.
1: Yeah. the only thing I think that I've seen for the welcome bundle are those two pre-register skins. I think it's like Iron Man and Hulk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's Uh, it.
1: I have no idea what the welcome bundle is outside of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we can make some guesses here. I mean, you and me have both played other card games, other digital card games. So like, you know, it's that for the first week or two weeks. Right. Or like if you log in every day, like you maybe get like one thing every day, you log in. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, there's that structure a lot of times, or there's kind of just the, okay, once you set up your account, you get like a thousand credits and uh, you know, yeah, it's exactly what
1: I was just about to say. It's probably credits in gold or something, or maybe like some like skins credits in gold and just yep. hear some stuff. Yep. Exactly. Which, with, with the way the, the unlock system goes to the game, I think that would be, like, awesome.
0: Yeah, I think <laughs> it helps new players get jump-started. It helps us players that have been playing for a while just kind of inch a little closer to maybe some cards we're still unlocking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, again, there's different structures of how these things are set up. I think the best for obviously keeping people or getting people in the habit of playing is kind of that okay for 14 days if you log in every day you get like a piece of the bundle every day because then it's like you get in the habit of logging in and playing every day Um, yes so i could i i'm guessing that's what they'll do but time will tell right i don't know exactly it's certainly a good
1: idea (laughs) i I think so. And i think honestly i I even like the 14 day timeline, it does take about a week or two to actually really get immersed especially if you're just playing casually right if you want to get past the bots like and all that fun stuff, you do need that time. Yeah. Like logging and play, logging and play, and so get like some it. more
0: cards and start to build some decks and kind of have the full experience of card unlocks, upgrading your mm-hmm. cards, deck building. Right. It's like you need that time. And and I think with with any game, whether it's a card game or not, it's like if you don't capture people, kind of the first couple play playthroughs the first couple days they're playing, then you know, they're gone. It's it's not <laughs> likely they're going to come back to it in six months, right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely an important period for new players. So. Okay, uh, next they talk about a reward delivery inbox system um, that's on the list. And I don't think they gave us a ton of details other on that one either. Um, basically, yeah, I found
1: nothing in it.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, so it's pretty straightforward. I think that, yeah. like other games, there's kind of an inbox of, like, again, like, here's your login bonus. Like, you click here to, like, get that, right?
1: What, I, I hope it centralizes all rewards because... It is kind of tedious sometimes. You have to click through all the different mission menus. Then you have to go to your CLR and all that stuff just to, you know. Yeah. Give me one inbox. I just go click this. Redeem, redeem, redeem. Yeah.
0: They definitely still have some UI work. I mean, obviously, some of the game events are, like, uh, not modes, but, like, some of the events they've done thus far have been, like, in the news tab. And that's, like, not very straightforward to, like, know where that is. So I
1: I didn't find the Heroes for Hire until the second week of the event. I didn't even know it existed.
0: Yeah, well, my brother and sister-in-law, they've been playing the game and they're like, did it like go away? And they're like, but it had, like moved to the news tab. And so like they didn't know that. And so they thought like the event <laughs> was over after just a couple days. Um, yeah. So this reward delivery inbox system, like you say, hopefully it helps kind of streamline some things. Um, but I think there's still going to be some more work on the on the different tabs after that. Okay, let's talk about uh, this last item in the coming soon. So, this is the last thing coming at Global Launch. And this is what we got the most information about. And I think we can have a discussion. It's the variant rarity system. So, let's just briefly go over how it works. So, they say they're going to have over a thousand card art variants available in Marvel Snap at Global Launch, which is crazy to me. I mean, like, that's just.
1: It's a lot of variants.
0: Right? So much art, which is awesome. But it's just like, that's. I'm a big fan. So much to start, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and they say some of these are going to be more rare than others. So 75% of existing variants will be labeled as rare variants and their cost is going to go from 750 gold to 700 gold. And then 25% of variants will become super rares and they will be available in the daily shop in one of your spots, I think, uh, for 1200 gold. Um, so, and then they're going to kind of rework like the season pass will like have super rares instead of just like normal rares. So that's like yeah. another incentive to like get the season pass and get it. Um so just first things first before we like dive into some ideas about like you know how the system specifically works, like what's your general impression? Do you like this? Is this a thumbs down? Uh do you think this is a good direction for them?
1: For me it's a thumbs up because it's uh it's it's a fair monetization system. That's the way I looked at it. Uh, compared to what we had with nexus events this seems to me perfect yeah like if if, if, if you're someone who loves skins and whatnot and you want to spend money go nuts but you don't like, you don't you're not uh, obligated to spend money because yeah. you can still get some of the stuff from the rewards track and whatnot it's not like when they did the nexus event we had to, like keep dumping gold and i also i like the the whole rarity of skins as well kind of incentivize you to want them right and they pop up in your shop you're like well, when's this going to pop up again
0: yep no, I I think I like them. I think it's good. Like one, I love the art. Two, I think it's like a, It's a you don't have to spend a ton of money to be better at the game, which uh, uh um, you just said <laughs> Nexus events felt like that, right? It's like yeah. yes, it's just one card, but then it's like if you had to pay two hundred dollars and only like one percent of players have two hundred dollars to blow to get like one card that maybe maybe meta defining or not for a time, then that feels pay to win you know it could be this is just like hey if you love the art you can get the art if you don't want to get it don't get it right
1: yeah and um, i think it will be a hit too because it's not like uh, other card games where they just release um like when you see like variants or skins for their cards and whatnot they're just a picture they actually have like 3d animated cards on this so they can get really cool with it
0: yeah like each of them have so much so much detail and again, we kind of already said this, but I think a, a side positive effect for, like, monetization is that by putting the uh, the uh, super rares, I think that's what they're called, right? Rares on super rares? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm still getting used to the the terminology here. So the super rares <laughs> will be in the season pass. So that's another incentive if you're like, oh, well, I'm going to get some super rares that I couldn't get else, uh, you know, otherwise – and I'm going to get them at a cheaper price than like buying them just with straight up gold. If you were to like convert dollars to gold to super rare cards, right? The best yep. bang for your buck is going to be to get the season pass. Um, yeah. So that kind of helps maybe people that are kind of like, is a season pass for me? Does it have that extra value? This adds more value. And I think that will help drive the revenue with the season pass.
1: Like I, like I for sure will be buying it. Let's say that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want my super, I want my super rare variants.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think this kind of opens up uh, we'll get into this when we get to the third column. Cause they talk about this, but like yep. uh, collectible emotes and card emojis, I could easily see those being like something you could buy for like 150 gold, right. Or 200 yeah. gold. Um, and I think that's a healthy monetization tactic as well. Right. That's like, Hey, this just can make the game more fun and like uh, silly or exciting, you know, uh, and there can be the whole like emo- emoji and, um, kind of, um, reaction meta, right? Like everybody... yeah, like if it's
1: any, like your first round of emotes, I'll be very excited.
0: Yeah. So uh, I think things like this, skins, art, uh, you know, emojis, reactions, all these things that don't affect the gameplay or your ability to like be better at the game or have a competitive advantage, I think are great ways to monetize the game. So love to see it. Yep. Um, obviously interested to see which uh variants because i mean there may be i guess one downside is there may be variants that i haven't bought yet that i have like wanted to and maybe i didn't when they popped up in my store and now they're <laughs> going to be now they're going to be super rares right and so then like and then it's going to be more expensive you know there could be some things like that i guess some small negative side effects From, uh,
1: the opposite of buyer's remorse right yeah you know, whatever that would be <laughs> yeah
0: seller's Enjoyment. No, I don't, I don't know.
1: Saver's uh, Guilt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, oh, that's actually pretty good. Saver's Guilt. Uh, so, basically, I think this is a good change. I think it'll be interesting to see which ones kind of get the super rare uh, denotation. Um, but I think this is a healthy change overall. I think it helps them to make money off of what they're building um, in a positive way for the community.
1: Yeah. And, and the value seems to be there because from the skins we've gotten so far, especially with the animations and whatnot, the artwork is good. Right. It doesn't feel like they're just like, just giving you whatever. They're not like because
0: taking a screenshot well of thought like out. a comic book character that's blurry. And like, we'll just use this from the comic. They're like creating new art and working with so many artists. Um. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like you, like all the baby variants to get the chibis. Obviously the eight bits that everybody loves. Or like the other day I freaked out when I got the wrestler venom popped up in my oh, store. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> man.
1: <laughs> and I missed it last time. And then if right I, after I passed up on it. If I wasn't I careful, passport.
0: I would have bought like all the Carnage variants. They're all good. Um, I yeah, did. This re- is actually
1: the first variant I bought from a store.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. I I have uh, I didn't buy any of them, but I have now got every Doctor Doom variant. I have just opened them all randomly. Uh, funny enough, I all was, of them. Yes. I
1: maybe. <laughs> Are you a Doctor Doom player?
0: Yeah, I, I have. Yeah. I have played there a lot. Go. Yeah, I have played them a lot. <laughs> and the, specifically I wanted the, like the baby one. Um, mm. and that was the one like I, I got last or I maybe it was second to last, but like, I just like was getting the other ones. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> in the end I got them all. So now I've got them all. Um, so it's great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's, <clears throat> let's, let's dive into our next section here, which is in development. So they kind of give us some thoughts on several of these things. So be interested to hear your thoughts, Coco, as we dive in here. So, Again, just to remind listeners of the list of the in-development section, we've got battle mode versus friends, unranked mode, collector's tokens, PC widescreen UI, and title system. So let's talk battle mode versus friends. So let me just kind of explain to the listeners what this is first. So in battle mode, each player starts with 10 health, and the winning player deals damage to their opponent equal to the stakes of the game. If you double down and snap, you'll do four damage to your opponent instead of two or retreat early and only lose one health. Players will play a series of game against each other with the same deck until one player has no health left. So I think this is interesting. Um, It sounds like this is the only mode like we'll be able to play with friends at first. Like you can't just do like a no stakes, like play as many rounds as you want mode. Right. Yes. Um, But I think it's a good mode. I think it gives you kind of that, like, uh, hey, a, a face-off isn't just determined by one match. It gives you a couple of matches, kind of a best out of x amount of matches to kind of determine a winner. Uh, mm-hmm. What's your general impression? Do you like the direction they went with them, the friends mode?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, I do. It's, it's pretty much like what, like what everyone was talking about before, like the first to ten with cubes. Yeah, um, I like it because, like you said, it' more than one game to find a winner which in a game like this when it's 12 card decks hyper consistency you can pretty much map out someone's deck list after game one it allows for a lot more skill expression especially if there, people are gonna be doing like like they say here community tournaments things like that uh i think it'll be very very interesting and um like with, with the whole health system it like it still incorporates all the snapping it feels like you're playing the ladder experience but not yeah and i'm i'm definitely a fan of that um and like, like they said in here, I'm kind of a fan to see what kind of community turns we ran off it. And <clears throat> uh well, oh, sorry, I was about to say something. It's the same deck. I was gonna say I was curious if there, we can switch decks in between. But no, same deck.
0: That's exactly I was I was gonna go that direction with you because I want to know your thoughts. Um I mean they could have gone a couple directions with this. I think there's some pros and cons. You're locked into one deck, yes. but I mean another direction could have been like you bring two or three decks to the table and you can like uh, switch 20, between I want to see. them. Um, so, so it sounds like that's what you'd like to see now. So let me play devil ads, devil's advocate. Now that I know that I think there may be too, it may be too hard to like adapt. And like you say, play in and kind of like learn from your opponent's deck, like, and they, them learn from yours as you go through multiple matches. If you were both switching every round, right? Um, I think that might get a little too confusing, especially where the, the rounds are so fast. You only have 12 cards. I think that might... I don't know, like, part of me is like, I want that, but also I see the value of being locked into one, because you're going to play maybe, let's say, three to five matches on average against yep. a person. Um, you, it, like, adds another level of skill, because after the first match, you know what they're playing, so then it's like, okay, this next match, I can kind of anticipate, are they going to play Green Goblin, right? Because I know they have that, and, like, what lane could that go into? So that may switch up your strategy, right? So I don't know. Yep. Uh, let me know more of your thoughts there. Like, what what are you thinking? So-
1: if uh so i agree with what you're saying there i was thinking more along the lines of something like to do with Hearthstone with specialist where you bring this you you have <clears throat> your 12 card main deck and then you just went like when you go to build a deck for the mode right the other two decks that you build would it can only be three cards different from your main deck or something like that so it's almost like you have a sideboard because there's a lot of core strategies that can play like three or four different ways yeah like if you look like the sarah the sarah magic package you can go the one way with i think it's called skience they're playing now you have a miracle version of the deck you can play or you have that like right in between like the mid ground where it's like miracle with like shang chi and some tech yep yeah so if you're doing it like along those lines where you could change three cards in the deck doesn't matter which three but like it has to be within three so so you still have that aspect of like learning what you're playing against but also, if you use bump up, if you just bump into a matchup that is borderline horrible. unwinnable, it gives yeah. you it, it gives you some legs, right? Yeah. Like if somebody's playing <clears throat>
0: Sandman and you're playing like a, kind of a kazoo or just like you know flood the board type, yeah. Thing, right. I can be playing
1: Sarah Miracle and, and then have another deck that has Enchantress. Yeah. So I c- I can match your Sandman on four with Enchantress or blow it out on five in the Magic combo yep. shenanigans.
0: Yeah so interesting for sure i mean one i think everybody just setting aside the rules and the mode for a second exactly how it works like just having the ability to like add friends and play against friends is great right straight up i think
1: we all want it uh
0: we all have met people as we've been playing through the beta we all want to play against them regularly right (laughs) uh so that's just awesome um so glad to see that um kind of going to the next section which is so they're adding an unranked mode which they have kind of i mean we've known this right so it's it's just your normal Marvel snap there's no snapping there's no losing cubes so it's just straight up you play against random people and there's no stakes right yes um so i think that like makes sense to like make the friend mode a little more competitive than just that but i'd almost like to be able to see kind of both where you could just play like unlimited matches until you're done against a friend and not have the life but also I guess that would not be great because with their current structure you're like locked into a deck right um, yes and that wouldn't be fun forever so yeah so I think no. it's I, I don't think there's a ton to say about the unranked mode other than it's a welcome addition and I think will help people with more creativity and trying things out.
1: I do like that they allow you to make mission progress, even in Unranked Yes, mode.
0: that is great, yeah. Because if you're just like, I want to finish these missions, but I'm tired and I don't want to lose a bunch of cubes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just kind of do but that. But I
1: do think they should have a snap mechanic in Unranked mode because it right here says the perfect place to test new decks and strategies. It's hard to test a deck and strategies if you can't also apply your snapping to it.
0: Very true. So it's almost better mm-hmm. to try out strategies in like a friend's... In like the friends mode, in some ways, right? Because the stakes are
1: there. Yeah, you 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 use it as as like a starting point for the deck, just to find out like your like like your synergies within your deck. Yeah. If you want to see the deck can actually win in a match, like the 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 ability to like present potential threats with snaps is like a big part of the game. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I guess my my last question on these two sections for you is: Do you feel disappointed that these aren't available at launch, and do you feel that will be detrimental to kind of as many players coming on board as as would if these were available at launch uh
1: yes and no so i'm i don't think it's going to be insanely detrimental but i think it will have an effect on people who are coming in especially mainly the battle mode versus friends Mm -hmm. um i think a lot of people who pick this up immediately would want to be playing with their friends right off the hop especially people who are just getting into it because they like marvel yep you have to think about that group of players that will be coming in they're not going to want to hop especially because there's no unranked mode no one's going to want to be hopping onto the rank ladder if they have no card game experience and they're just here to play their favorite superheroes so not being able to have an unranked mode or battle your friends might hinder their play experience a little bit yeah but due to like i guess like who i think the card like the the, the type of person i think that would be coming to a game like this i don't think it I don't think it'll be too too bad. I think they will miss out on some players, but I think there'll be enough people coming in who are coming from other games, whether it be Hearthstone, Magic, whatever, that they can get away with just having the ranked mode for a bit.
0: Yep, I think you're right. I think it'll be okay. Uh, I will say one thing: as as somebody who works in their day job in software, uh, <laughs> you know, I appreciate kind of the iterative and agile approach to this game. Right. Because if they were like, we, we can't release the game globally until we have everything perfect and we have every feature and every mode, right? Then it's like the game's not releasing until next year, right? Yeah. Um, but they've definitely taken an approach of like, hey, we're just going to do like one step at a time, one patch at a time, what, you know, and get closer and, and kind of iteratively add things to the game. I think that's obviously letting them get feedback faster. I mean, that's the whole idea behind iterative and like agile software development is. If you can get your products sooner to your customers, you can get feedback to make it better sooner, right? Um, so I think that's good. So like uh, from a fil- philosophical standpoint, I think they're going about this right way to like uh, make this game successful and get it out there sooner, so.
1: Oh yes. yeah, see, I'm, I'm super on board with it because like I've been around the block with card games and there's been a whole lot of mishandled things in my lifetime for card games that I will take the slow and steady approach over just release it and see what happens.
0: Yep, yep. Okay, uh, so the last piece of the in uh, in development section that they gave us details on uh, is the collector's token. So let me read what those are for the listeners. So uh, one of the most frequent requests we hear from the community is the ability to target specific cards for your collection. Maybe you're waiting on death to complete your destroy deck or hella for your discard deck. Collector tokens are a new free currency earned on the collection level road that can be used to unlock the cards you want most in the shop. With the addition of collector tokens we will be significantly dropping the amount of boosters from collector's caches and reserves. The token shop features a card you don't own every 8 hours. If you don't have enough tokens yet, players can freeze the shop to lock in their targeting card. This isn't meant to be the primary way to earn new cards, but being able to target the couple cards you you want most should allow you to build the deck of your dreams. We're planning to share more information about collector's tokens as we get closer to release. Stay tuned. I don't know how you feel about this but I'm just going to say hallelujah. I think this is great. Um, I mean, they, with hallelujah. They, they just knew what people wanted to hear. We're going to have less boosters, right? That you're unlocking. Uh, yes. It, thank it, you. On the, on the collection <laughs> level, right? that's, those are the sweet words. Everybody's been waiting to hear. You're going to be able to target specific cards. Yes. It's not going to be any card anytime. Right. But I yeah. think, I think it's pretty fair to rotate three cards a day, right? Every eight hours. <laughs> uh, and then if you don't have tokens, they're not going to be. It's not going to be like, oh, I don't have enough tokens. I have to pay five dollars to get the tokens I want. You can freeze it and just hold it there until you have the tokens, right? That's my favorite part about all of so it. So this is super, super player friendly, right? It's like, hey, we're going to still do that randomness because they want people to unlock cards at different, you know, different times and try out different things at different times. So we get that, right? Hmm. Um, so they're going to keep that aspect of it. But hey, you you wait a couple of days, you check in every eight hours. Eventually, you're going to find the card you're looking for. And you're going to be able to get it, right? So, I think that's awesome. I think this is super healthy, super great feature. Again, they 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 make the point that saying, "Hey, basically, we're adding other, we're going to add other things to unlock cards. This isn't meant to be the primary way. There's going to be other primary ways to unlock cards in the future, but this is helping us get there, right? Hey all, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about MarvelSnapZone.com. Marvel SnapZone is a one-stop shop for everything Marvel Snap on the internet. They have new articles nearly every day that cover deck building, strategy, card breakdowns, etc. They have a great collection tracker tool and a decklist builder that works off of that collection tracker so that you can know what decks you can build with your current card collection. They have guides and deck lists for all level players and all collection level players. Make sure to go to MarvelSnapZone.com and check it out now.
1: Yeah, and it also allows it to deal with uh, that issue that everyone's having with like whales. Because I understand if you want to whale the collection track, you can, but it's not guaranteed. And this way you can still get cards, but you can't really whale it in the same sense. You're still limited to three cards a day, assuming that you're there every eight hours on the hour. Yep,
0: yep. So I think it's a great change. I think a lot of people are going to like it. Obviously, uh, you know, not not coming at global release, but hopefully coming in the next few patches, uh, maybe three or four patches out. You know, I'd love to see something like that. Uh, I think that would be great. The last two things... See, I... Oh, go ahead.
1: See, I just wanted to, with what you were saying, I want to touch back cause we were talking about the other two being de- like detrimental. I think this not being at release might be a little more detrimental than the other two.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's, I mean, this is not being able to target specific cards has been a complaint from day one. Right.
1: There's that. And when, when you're looking again, when I was talking about like the player bases that are coming in, if someone happens to go watch a stream or they're watching the trailer the content, and then they see the card that they want and then they learn about how the collection track works, and they figure out that like, okay, f- I still have to get to pool three to get there. And then I have, it could be months until I unlock it, depending on how much I win. Yep. yep. Without having this at launch, I think that might be e- even to, even to like competitive players coming in, they might not see the value in playing for that long.
0: Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, basically they give us this list of in development does not mean this is the order these things are to come out. And I would doubt that they all come out the same day, right?
1: Yeah, I'd assume this would come out sooner than later because yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming it's probably been in talks since the whole Nexus event exactly. shut down. So
0: they probably had some time to work on this. Um, so I I agree with you. I hope this comes, like if I had to pick stuff coming first, it would be the friends and this out of the five things um, that are in, in development right now. Yep. Um, so the last two things on the list, we don't have, they don't give like us a detailed paragraph about, but PC widescreen UI, pretty straightforward. They're just going to be uh, iterating on the PC... Um, client and making that a better experience. I'm sure that you know streamers, yeah. content creators, are all going to love that, right? Because um, mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to choose to stream there and have having kind of a native widescreen view is going to be great.
1: Um, Makes it a lot easier.
0: Last item, uh, they give us nothing on. I don't think titles system. What what do you think the titles system is?
1: probably similar to like other games you're going to have like your your bronze, gold, silver then your grandmaster and i'm i'm assuming it'll be stuff past infinite gotcha if i had to guess yeah or maybe if you if you got x amount of cards you get like a cool color on your name something to do with the clr maybe
0: yeah yeah it definitely could be i don't like i don't think it's like the ranking system after infinite cuz they have a different line in in concept for infinite infinity rank leaderboard um so i think that's something separate but yeah it probably is something you can earn it's kind of visual with your name your username so it's like people can identify you whether that's how far you got up in the last season or uh yeah like i I mean that's
1: actually i hope the majority of them aren't actually tied to rank
0: yeah
1: i'd rather see them be available to like at any point in the ladder just by getting random achievements or like you've completed this many missions so yeah, or, or this many if,
0: cards, or this <coughs> many X-Men cards. Or, yeah, you know.
1: if you've collected X amount of variants, you get this fancy title.
0: Yeah, yeah. Th- there's a lot of things I could do with it. Um, it's not something like, that's like my, you know, out of the five in development, like, the least we know about, and also the least I'm interested in currently, but that doesn't mean I won't. Yes. Yeah, so. I <laughs> learn more, right?
1: Yep. Okay. It really kind of depends on the implications of what a title is. Yeah, which yeah. Which we don't.
0: Uh, it's, it's, is it just visual? Does it do anything else? Does it get you into a game mode? Cetera, mm-hmm. right? Okay, uh, last section, in concept. So this is kind of the longer term things. Uh, You know, we don't know uh, when these are coming. These are farther out. They probably haven't started or they're just kind of like designing them. Maybe they haven't like really started coding them a ton. Uh, they're just kind of maybe play testing and just figuring out what would be a good idea. So... We don't have any like broken out paragraphs here. So let's just, I'll, I'll remind the listeners of the list here, but then we can kind of see which ones catch our attention here. So we have new competitive modes, vague, uh, guilds uh, in parentheses, social systems, uh, in-game events, infinity rank leaderboard, collectible emotes and card emojis, and mythic variants. Uh, I'll turn it over to you first, Coco. Like which one of these six stands out the most to you?
1: New competitive modes, for yeah. sure. Stands out to me the most. I guess almost hand in hand with Infinity Rank leaderboard, but I put new competitive modes just about that for myself personally.
0: Yeah, um, I think that you know a lot of ideas have been shared in the community on this podcast and other people's content. Um, if you had to pick like one competitive mode that you could you know take from another game, and you can tweak it if you want, but like what's the what's the game mode you're you're wanting the most the soonest? Hoker. Oh, is
1: where I would want to take it from. So, uh, a friend of mine actually we kind of came up he he had the the overview of like the broad idea of how this works, but like when I think of it, I think <clears throat> imagine like you go into so when, when they're saying competitive modes, I'm assuming that's like similar to like drafting and stuff where you're going to sit down and play some kind of either tournament style thing in the game or something like that. Yeah. So, kind of what we came up with would be I'm just gonna use like some random numbers here. Like you start with 50 cubes and you're seated in pods. And then uh, as you as you snap and play, like you can gain and lose your overall cube total. Mm. And then you win your pool to move on to the next table type thing.
0: Oh, interesting. That is one I haven't heard and of that, but that is very interesting.
1: There I, I know that one of the issues with that might be if you get stuck kind of in an infinite loop where no one's actually losing. So at that point, you can put a time limit on the tables and see, like, the top two highest cube holders will win that table. So, so there's incentive to actually snap and play aggressively.
0: Yeah, because you're like, I right, this only lasts for the next
1: hour or something. And also, if someone gets too much of a gap on you, they're just going to play safe and retreat on snaps, right? So you got you to kind of weigh your options. And then you might see a lot with that kind of game mode, you're going to see different styles of decks and metas kind of shaped there, right? Yeah. No, that's because maybe something a little more consistent and more aggressive might be better than something that's a little more high risk, but can get you a higher cubes on a snap. But if you if you're retreating too often, that gap might be too big to actually cover by the time the time limit's up.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. I would I I think that's a great idea. I hadn't heard that one, so I'll add it to my list. Um
1: that's main credit goes to my mod there, Sir Skeet. It was mainly his idea. I don't want to take all the credit for that.
0: Well, yeah. That that's we like to give credit here where it's due so um, yeah. you have to make sure he checks this out so he can he can hear you the credit given but um i would love to see a draft mode right like you kind of like build the deck oh, as you yes. go and like you can switch up cards as you go and it's just like you're seeing how long how many wins you can chain together or you're you know trying to get to 12 wins or something number right mm-hmm. love that i think i think you know other games have that but by the nature of these being smaller decks quicker matches it's like you can get through that like faster right but still Now, would you want to
1: see draft like similar to like Hearthstone, or more like the Magic style, where you're in pods, or like it sounds like you're talking something more like around like like draft meets sealed? you're talking about like switching your cards in and out as you go.
0: You, so what I'm imagining, and I'm probably piecing together a couple different things. I have more experience with like Legends, okay. of, legends of Runeterra, and um, and this isn't directly what they do, but it's like you get some cards, like you pick some cards to like start your deck, right? And then mm. after you win a game or win three games or something, then you like get to pick from a pool of three cards to like switch some cards out with your deck. Right. Or things like that. So something like that, where oh, that's it's, pretty like, cool. It's like you kind of, uh, you're kind of forced into like an unideal situation at first with the kind of deck you build, but then you can like kind of like go towards a certain archetype over time. Right. Like the more times you yes. win, the more cards you get to like switch out, et cetera. And you, and you can play with cards that you haven't unlocked in the game yet. It's like, in this mode you'd have access to all cards right well um, oh, that
1: sounds like very interesting honestly
0: <laughs> yeah so then it's like you get to try I would new, play that try out new cards you get to try out new deck archetypes you have to play in unideal circumstances right because you start out with a deck that's really not jiving um but then it's like you can well, make it kind of like duels
1: but like not duels yeah yep i like that Yeah,
0: So I would love something like that. this game seems
1: tailor-made for that because like one card change in a 12 card deck is exactly monumental
0: exactly so it's like oh yeah I got to drop my wops for you know uh, Wong right or something it doesn't matter but like it's like okay that enables this combo I couldn't do before but it's like you're not really like a Wong going deck yet right because it's like you don't have all the cards but it's like your decks just a little bit better right.
1: You got to build those small synergies and whatnot. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's challenging too. And
0: you have to decide if you want to pivot because it's like, you could be like, I'm getting cards for this kind of an archetype, but I was going this direction. Right. So you may need to like pivot your strategy with your deck as you go through. Um, Anyway,
1: just like a draft as you go. And I really like that idea. I really do.
0: So uh, second dinner, I know you're listening. Uh, Make this happen.
1: Uh, (laughs) Please.
0: You know, I I play that as a,
1: I didn't even play that as a casual mode. That just sounds fun in general. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I mean people have been doing variations of like uh like they, they have like a separate website that they've made where they can like kind of do similar ish things, right? Where it'll tell them it's specific. Um but obviously having that built in the game and, and stuff would be great. And obviously rewards would be great. It's like if you can win yes. chain together twelve wins or something, then you unlock this variant and or this
1: uh, i'd be okay with them if, if especially if they're giving rewards they can monetize that the way they do with arenas make like a like 100 gold to yep. do a run. To I, I, I would pay
0: yep yep take my money <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh we got to be careful how many times we say that you know
1: yeah okay don't take my money yeah let me keep it sorry
0: awesome <laughs> um okay let's jump uh let's jump down to the bottom of the list uh we'll, we'll come back to some of these other ones i mythic variants uh so that sounds almost like a third tier of variants is what how i'm uh taking that that's
1: what i would assume
0: right so this is like so we're gonna have like a 75 percent and a 25 percent, but maybe we'll switch to like a 70 2010 or like kind of percentages so like the mythic variants that are like that highest rarest tier most expensive
1: do you like that that five percent chance yeah make it make it just really absurd <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, and also I don't, at least the way they have worded it thus far, I don't think it's going to be a chance. It's just like uh, the cost is different between the different tiers. But then like, it sounds like the season pass, for example, it's like you'll get super rares, right? But maybe it's Mm. like you get super rares during, you get random super rares, but then at the level 50, you get like one mythic variant, right? Or or something like that. Um, And then maybe you can also buy them in the store and it's 1500 gold or something, right? Yep. Um, so I could see something like that. Um, so they're just kind of iterating on that and probably iterating on that monetization framework.
1: Do you think, you think they would just be better artwork or do you think they put like a very specific animation to the mythic variant that make it like, I would pop- like
0: that better because it's like, once you just start getting like tier, like one, like art of subjective, right. You could be like, I know you're saying this is mythic, but like this one's garbage and <laughs> right. Or vice versa. So, I would love if it was like had a special like effect on the card, right? Like, or even like
1: a like its own special border color. Like, you could upgrade it normally, but it gets its own flavor.
0: Exactly, you're speaking my language. Yeah, Yeah. that would (laughs) that would be awesome. (laughs) Would love to see that. Um, Okay, uh, collectible emotes and card emojis. And we talked about a little bit about this earlier. My guess is this is just. You're gonna be able to collect them and switch them out, but the I'm guessing there's gonna be some monetization. These will be kind of the cheap end, these will be cheaper than variants, would be my guess. Uh, you know, uh, gold, yeah, I assume so. One to two hundred gold, and you can load up on these and you can build your load out of card emojis and collectible emotes, right? Yes. Um, I'm fine with this. Uh, you know, I'm I don't know. I wouldn't know if I'd like want to buy them until I see them, right? And like what what the value is, but I think it's another great monetization tactic um that definitely you know people will spend money on and will help them generate revenue so
1: yeah I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat i'm a little bit impartial to it uh on the flip side though if they like i said the emotes they've already done specifically the meme ones i would probably spend gold on them yeah, I can see those being hit. like, like the, the one they had now with the Spider-Man's pointing at each other. Yep. Uh, if that was a purchasable emote, I probably I maybe wouldn't buy it right away, but like give it enough time of me staring at it. And I probably would buy it. Well, and especially if they were like sure. one two
0: hundred, right? It's like you're like, oh, oh, like, yeah, I'm going to get that today playing. Right. Like just unlocking my yep. caches or something. So it feels very easy. Now, obviously, OK, they're a company. They need to make money. Their hope is that you're going to spend the free gold you get in game and then eventually you're going to want to buy things so you're going to spend real money, right? Um, and and some people will, yeah. some people won't, but uh, I think it's people can really easily make the decision to buy these with gold if they're at a low price.
1: Yeah, it's like the candy bars at the grocery store, right? Just yep. impulse.
0: Yep, so they're at the checkout, right? Yep. Okay. I yeah, know, they'd,
1: they'd get me with them, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think they'd get me with some of them too. Um, okay, we've got, we've got a couple more here. Uh, i'm i'm kind of leaving leaving the biggest ones for the for the end so let's talk uh in-game events and we'll leave the last two um mm-hmm. in-game events is kind of vague because you've got like new competitive mode and then you've got in-game events and like there's like to me like certain ideas could kind of cross over into both of those like the way you describe them right yeah um so i don't know like what do you see being different like an event versus a mode
1: i think they'll probably do the events. Very similar to the way they're doing it now, especially because the way they had them in the news tab and their own separate thing—that seems yeah. like they were like testing out how they were going to have a UI for them. Yeah, it's like join. Team. I, I would assume that it would just be like, yeah, join. It team. may maybe they'll be more frequent, they, they like weeklies and monthlies. Yep, yep. Where it's like, oh, if you play these cards in your deck this this week, you get extra whatever it is they want to give you. Yeah,
0: and like you say, they've been testing out like a surprising amount, like more than I thought they would before release of like <laughs> those kinds of things but just the way they've had the app built, they're like not super accessible or present. Um, Yes. So obviously I like this kind of iteration. Once they put them in, it'll probably be its own tab or accessible from one of the tabs we already know. And, Mm -hmm. you know, will be more advertised to the players.
1: Yeah. And I personally, I've liked them Uh, mainly because like, especially in the community discord, for like the, the the Marvel Snap official Discord, there there was like a lot of talk about how people were sharing their decks and kind of like opens the door for some creativity with cards that you normally don't see a lot of play with, which is always interesting. Yeah, and there's been some some ideas that have come up from them that have stuck for a bit, like, um, like Agent Carter with Captain America in his in his, in his negative deck. Yeah. I don't know if that was innovative, but I never saw Captain America. There. I always saw Punisher. But then Captain America, even after the event, kind of stuck around for a little bit. Not too long, but like you see some things like that, or like um, everybody started pushing like Black Widows. You saw how many, how many, how many new, how many more Black Widows do you see now as opposed to pre the last event. Oh yeah, tons. a lot of them. A lot of those decks have just stuck around because they're like, oh, this is actually good. Yep. Yeah. So I, I like those and more rewards, other ways to earn things in game. Yeah. So love to see,
0: love to just see more to do in the game, right? Uh, events, modes, etc. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Uh saved. I think kind of two of the biggest ones for last here um yes so let's talk guilds first guilds and social systems what would you love to see
1: um see i've only really ever really played like two games that have guilds uh i would i guess just like to see the ability to just like create your own team with your friends mm-hmm. type thing mm-hmm. um i don't want to see too much leaderboard stuff when it comes to the guilds and whatnot. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of that. It just, there's a lot of, uh, you, you start to see power stacking. Yeah. Yeah. Like where it's like a bunch of like people who like are clearly the best it's like, we'll make our own. And then they win all of the stuff all of the time. Yeah. And, and nobody really has a chance.
0: It is kind of hard. I mean, I'm not, definitely.
1: I'm not, against, I'm not super against it. Cause if, even if that was some kind of game mode, it's just not something I would partake in myself. But uh, if it was more of like just casual, like you, do stuff with your friends. And yeah, there will be, maybe there is some like give like rewards or giveaways or things like that. Just, I just hope it's not like too over the top where it incentivizes just like stacking a team and winning as often as possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, you know, there, there's that audience for it, right? Like, I, I, yeah. like you haven't had like a ton of experience with guilds or like got super involved when that's been an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's obviously an audience for it. Brings more people into the game. brings some like social aspects into the game, so that like keeps people playing because they're playing together, communicating about the game. So I think it's like a positive thing, and it's just something like you kind of have to have in today's gaming, you know? Um, yeah. Landscape just cause I, it's kind of expected. <clears throat> uh, and I hope
1: the I would like it to let you share resources within your guilds. I think that would yeah. And if you let me do that, then do whatever you want in the competitive end. If you're like, oh, I can like give my buddy credits. Yeah, or I could put like a like a guild community credits, and everybody can use X amount per day. Then I'd be okay. I, I would love to see that.
0: Yeah. No. So, um, yeah, the hope is that Second Dinner puts their own spin on it, right? Yeah, and kind of makes. It I'm sure there will be probably something.
1: Everyone. Hero, heroesque esque or villainy esque, however yep. they decide yep. to do it. Just let me join the X Men. Right. That's that's all I want. Yeah. Please. And thank you. Um, I, I guess I, my my initial assessment I'm not I'm not like down on them like I'm not oh, saying no, like no, they're no. bad. <laughs> But just,
0: but I mean we're talking about a lot of things here, right? We've talked about a lot of topics, yeah, and they don't have to all be for everyone. Totally get that, right?
1: Uh, yeah, there's definitely a place for them. I just like I said, I just I would not partake in the competitive guild stuff if that's what it is. That's all.
0: Yep. Nope. Totally. Totally mm-hmm. understood. Okay. Uh, last but not least, Infinity Rank leaderboard. So you kind of uh, alluded to this a little bit um and obviously uh not everybody's making it to infinite but a lot of players are that number's going to increase when we have more players etc etc mm-hmm. uh right now i mean the benefit of being an infinite like obviously you get uh you know whatever the last reward is for that season by by ranking up but um you you know there's not much to do beyond that other than just like keep ranking up and like, you you have the, the floor, so you can't, like, go below level 100. Yeah, you play all the fun decks. <laughs> but it's, like, you don't really know where you, like, rank up against other people once you're at that point, right? Yes. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, leaderboard, it's, like, straightforward. It's in the name. Like, being able to see where you, like, rank up once you're in the infinite rank. Mm-hmm. I guess, is there just any nuances you'd like to see, anything you'd like to see carried over from other games? Like, what would be your ideal situation here with the leaderboard?
1: For me, the ideal situation leaderboard is just the number. Hmm. Um, I, I, think they, I think that there's plenty of reward, rewards given out on the way up. And generally, if it's just number, for the most part, the people who are actually hitting it, like the top ends of the leaderboard, we're talking like your top 100s and whatnot, generally tend to be people who are the hyper-competitive bunch anyways. Mm-hmm. And you're less likely to see people either win trading for stuff or any kind of cheesing. Just to get whatever reward is at the next floor. And yeah, that's and, and also I just my like for a leaderboard is uh meta development. Right now, like you said, when you hit infinite, like when you hit infinite, not much to do. So in order to like try and like push new ideas, it's hard because you're a lot of times you're not bumping into other meta decks. You'll be bumping into fun decks or like someone trying to onslaught Mystique Wong you for 35 minutes (laughs) Um, when you, when you have a leaderboard and people want to see their name at the top, you're going to see a lot more competitiveness in the builds that come out. And I think we'll see better meta development.
0: Yep. And I think with more players, them kind of tuning down the bots a little bit, uh, Mm -hmm. making people match up with more human players, all of these things like coming together with the leaderboard, like it really pushes the competitive landscape to like, keep pushing people to, to be the best and to rank up and to be number one. Right. Um, yeah that's
1: why i said i just want to see the like for me personally i just want to see the number i don't want to see any rewards tied to that maybe if they if they do something along the lines of hearthstone they had like tournaments sure maybe you can have like your rank can give you points towards whatever like towards invites for tournaments things like that but i, I wouldn't want to see any more in-game stuff earned past infinite yeah
0: yeah maybe I guess... i've
1: played too much Hearthstone and is well, but I don't.
0: no i mean yeah uh, uh... It definitely can be discouraging. The players are like, I'm missing out on all the coolest rewards, all the coolest variants. Like if they were to put like all these variants, you could only get if you like got into ranked. Right. Then it's like, you're going to have 90% of the the user base, 90% plus probably. Right. Like not get those ever. And that, yes. can, that can make people stop playing. So,
1: And and at this point, I feel like even going forward, much like Hearthstone, they have it set up where you can get to infinite at sub 50% win rate. Right. So, like, if you really want that, want that end, like that card back, if you just play enough, you'll probably get there. The minute you start adding stuff at like ridiculously high floors, it's just discouraging, like you just said. Yep. Well, awesome. That is
0: the development roadmap. Uh, You know, this has been a a big conversation. A lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, Just very quickly, Coco, like, overall thoughts again. I kind of asked you at the beginning, like, um, just where's your confidence level on a scale of one to 10 that where second dinner's taken the game uh, with this information they've given us.
1: I'd say like a solid eight for sure. Um, there's a, like I said, as we've talked about here, there's a couple things I'm a bit shaky on, but like overall they seem to be handling it pretty, pretty well, especially for like card games. They're not, they're not overselling themselves and it doesn't seem like they're putting too much on their plate. Yeah. Second dinner too much on their plate at at one like at one time. It seems like a very easy no, I wouldn't say easy is not the right word. It seems like a very smooth way for them to like roll things out. Yeah. They're they're not too much pressure. They're giving a very realistic expectations. Like you say, so you come from the software world. I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of tricky things that come with developing stuff that the average person like me just would never even understand. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, every customer wants every feature yesterday,
1: right? Um, yeah. It's uh, like Jenga, right? You move the wrong block. It looks like it can be moved, feels like it can be moved, but oh, you change the color on this card. All of a sudden, half your UI doesn't work. Yep. Yep. Oh, so, that's why I do like the way that they've broken it down. Everything seems to be like pr- pretty realistic. And it doesn't give me that expectation of like supreme greatness on October 18th just to be let down. It's like, hey, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Here's some more ideas that will be coming out as the hashes go forward. Yep. So I like it.
0: No, I, I think I, I feel similar to you. I'm probably around that eight, uh, give or take half a mm-hmm. point. And I think uh, they've done so much right. I think they've regained our confidence. I mean, you look back to Nexus events, and that was our darkest days thus far.
1: Yeah, that was huge, though, what they did after that. That was yeah, borderline unheard of. Like, here's take everything back, and everybody gets the rewards that were within it. That that was yeah. crazy.
0: So I, you know, they're in my good books. I have I have hope. I feel like they're taking us on a good path. I'm very excited. Um, Coco, I just want to 100% agree. I just want to say thank you again for being here. Uh, We've had this great long conversation. Appreciate you for making the time. (laughs) Uh, Before we go, I just want to give you a chance to just give a shout out. Where can people find you? How can they best consume the content you're putting out?
1: All right. Well, uh, I don't have too too many platforms right now, but you can find me on Twitter, uh, Coco4CCG. And then you can find me at Twitch right now. It's Coco underscore four F O U R not the number. Um, I'm trying to get the number back. I had it in my name before and Twitch just won't answer me to get me my, my name back. Uh, But yeah, those are the two places you can find me. And then uh, same, same thing like in all the the Marvel snap discords, I'm Coco four on there as well. And then you find me, I, I, I stream Monday, Tuesday, thursday and saturdays at 9 p.m till 11 30 at the earliest and sometimes we go late as well
0: and that's eastern time
1: oh yeah eastern time sorry eastern time. Right.
0: nope i just want to make sure that people know where, where and when to find you so <laughs> awesome thank you coco you have a great night uh listeners appreciate you as always listening we will catch you in the next episode
1: thanks for having me
0: Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, recorded, produced, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening.